Are you going into those spaces? Are you engaging them in the four areas of engagement in those spaces, whether that's your hobbies or volunteering or life rhythm or your job? You know, so be in those spaces with the people so that you can create those safe spaces. If you're not spending time in those places, you're not going to be able to be a safe space. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple-makers. So I'm Paul Watson, this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or just click on the link in the description below. To those of you that support this podcast, thank you so much. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women just like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their own neighborhood. Okay, now I know we're beginning this new year and everything else, and uh, I'm sure there's a series of questions you're like, how do I get started on this journey? And we want to address a really specific topic that I think is going to really pave and open up the way for us to be able to, to move forward as disciple makers and engage people who don't know Jesus. So you see, as disciple makers, we're supposed to have spiritual conversations about Jesus and about the Bible that lead to discovery. But sometimes that can be difficult. We wonder if people want to have such weighty personal discussions actually with us. And sometimes people have a lot of baggage and negative experience surrounding the various topics that that may cause them to want to be in discovery conversations in the first place or search for God in the first place. So how do we convince other people to have these kind of conversations? It comes down to this. We need to create a safe space for unbelievers to talk to us about God. So, you know, this is really different from our usual evangelism that we have, which is basically we go out and we try to tell people what they need to know and what they need to think about. And, you know, it has a, is a much more directive kind of way of doing it. In fact, sometimes it's, it, it, it really just doesn't consider this place of, hey, is a person comfortable with talking to you about this subject and how can we actually be able to to do that. It's either a binary thing. Either they're comfortable with talking with a stranger or someone they barely know or something about Jesus, or they don't. And they don't talk about how can we actually create spaces intentionally with unbelievers around us so that they feel comfortable with us when it comes to, you know, talking about things about God, because that ultimately is what's going to draw them to the truth. So people need to know, first off, that they, you don't dislike them or resent them or that they're feeling attacked, you know, if they're not like you. You know, they're, the people that are mm-hmm. homosexual, mm-hmm. that are, that uh, you know, are maybe uh, experiencing other kinds of brokenness, that drink a lot, that, you know, sleep around a lot, that wear the, the in your estimation, the weird T-shirt with that weird design on it or whatever it is that, that they that you, they don't feel whether it is because of your actual actions towards them or 
they may just have fears that they're projecting onto you that you don't like them, mm-hmm. that you resent them, that you, you know, are out to get them. And so how can we prove that otherwise? How can we be able to break that down? Right. Basically, people need to be feel need you to help them feel loved. Uh, they need to know that they can trust you to have these kind of conversations because they don't just necessarily come across easily. They don't have those with a lot of places. So they need to know that you are a safe place to talk with about what are fundamentally a really deep personal question for really, them. Really, we need to have like just a sense of empathy to, for their feelings. I mean, mm-hmm, would you mm-hmm. feel comfortable necessarily talking with a person about really deep, weighty, controversial issues and not having a weight of relationship behind that and security and knowing that person can be trusted, that they, you know, are, are like, yeah, well, we as Christians who are supposed to be talking about these things with other people have a hard time doing ourselves, much less other people. So, you know, it, understand that they need to know that they can trust you. And then also we need to speak mm-hmm. in such a way that actually is winsome. The Bible talks about this, that we're supposed to be winsome. Check first, uh, Timothy, uh, two 24 to 26, I do believe it talks about being gentle and not striving and just reasoning with people in such a way that it draws them instead of being off putting, instead of being awkward, instead of being really confrontational. And so it doesn't mean that we never say the truth or whatever, but the point is, is that we're doing in such a way that we hope will draw them closer to God because it is gentle and winsome and because it, they understand that this is, this is what is true and they're going to, and, and, and having that inviting way into doing so. So we have to create this place in there, especially within our current climate. Within our current climate, you know, it's, I think you would agree, Paul, it's a really, uh, it's really filled with conflict. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, in in almost, I would sit there and say, even personally, there are times when I get into, I, I get into conversations with people, and I don't, I can't necessarily say that I know the point at which they're going to blow up, or where they're going to walk away. And so I, I, you know, if that's hard for me as a follower of Christ, who's really trying to, to, to love and to be in all of these things, can you, and, and with people that I know and people that I have friendships with and relationships with, imagine how much harder that's going to be with other people in this current climate. I mean, I honestly don't know sometimes if I open my mouth to talk to a friend or a family member about the current political climate, when they're going to get angry or erupt, or at whatever. And if I'm experiencing that, so if I'm experiencing that, and that's with people I know well, what's it like to a person who doesn't know Jesus, who may have only engaged you two, three, four times? Well, yeah, and it doesn't have to just be about politics, about anything that is considered Mm -hmm. controversial, because really within our culture right now, tolerance is no longer an accepted value. The idea that I can disagree with you and not hate you. The fact that I can disagree with you, we could just, you know, live our lives and just be fine. You know, that's, that's not even a value even more amongst most people. And so uh, things have been so, I believe, stirred up against uh, and up in our culture 
to where it's hard to talk about any subject in which there's disagreement without it being a set and it for it to be a safe place to do so. And so we're going to have to be very intentional and being able to be those few safe spaces out there for people to talk about controversial subjects, including, especially for us, what we want to talk about, which is God, the Bible, eternity, relationship with him. These are all controversial subjects right now. And how can we create safe spaces for people to discover God as they talk with us and, and as we lead them into Discovery Bible Study? So there are three things that, that Rebecca and I have been able to identify to do that we can do to help create the safe space. <laughs> I'm having a hard time saying it now. Safe, safe space for discovery. Um, I'll get it out eventually. Uh, and by the end of this, I'll be it's an expert. So hard. Okay? First, you need to know how to say it properly. That's so, you know, yeah, exactly. The hardest <laughs> part about it is saying it. And then right, once right. you get that out, then we can get into it. Now, there's three things that we do to create safe pl- space for discovery. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. So first of all, uh, prepare for it spiritually by mobilizing prayer. Mm-hmm. Realize scripture says that our, our, you know, we wage war not against flesh and blood. And realize that the the one who doesn't want anyone to feel safe at all is Satan. Mm -hmm. Because if he can keep things agitated, if he can keep things stirred up, then people won't actually do business with with what they need to believe or or what they need internally to be able to move forward into a relationship with God. If he can keep you from ever getting to a safe space with someone who doesn't know Christ, then maybe they'll never, ever take the time to open up the Bible. Yeah, he's the prince of fear. That's right. He's the one that is trying to stir up fear and hold people in fear to even having these discussions with other people. Quite frankly, he's also trying to hold he's also trying to hold Christians to hold themselves back in fear to have these kind of conversations. So the real the whole point of disciple making is that though we have a responsibility and uh you know uh that that we're going to be used by God to be able to bring people to himself and stuff that it really ultimately it's him that is the teacher that it's him that's drawing people. And so prayer is so important. It's first of all, it helps, we ask God to draw us to people that he's already working in, that are already, he's stirring up questions and thoughts and, and, and uh, drawing them to the truth. And they're starting to even minutely respond, you know, by those things. He's, we're asking him to help us find those people. And then at whoever we are around, we're asking for opportunities to be able to have these kind of conversations and that God would set them up and that he would orchestrate these things yeah. and be helping people to see the truth that we eventually will be talking to them about. And we're asking God to give us insight as to how to respond to the things that we're hearing. So even as I'm talking to people, I'm listening to them and I'm just saying, Lord, what is it that you're trying to tell me in this moment through what they're saying? How can I connect with them in this moment? And and if you open mm-hmm. up the opportunity, how can I connect them with your word and who you are in this moment? And so even those thoughts are you're praying in the middle of it, listening carefully and connected while praying and asking the Lord to speak. And so that first thing to creating that safe space is that mobilization of prayer, being in prayer yourself and asking other people to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point that you were making, Paul, about, about uh, you know, in, I can't, 
there are many times in the moment where I've talked with people and I have asked God, okay, God, what, what should I be saying right here? Like, what is, mm-hmm. you know, what story from the Bible should I share? You know, how should I come about this? And he's helped me be able to think of things that I normally would not ever thought of as I'm talking. And so we are partnering with God in those places. And then, Paul, you also said something very important, that we mobilize. We're not the only ones praying. We right. realize that the more... Uh, the more the people that are praying, the more spiritual warfare is going to be waged against the enemy to be able to open up spaces of opportunity that we can be able to do that. But this leads us to the second one, which is we need to build relationships with with unbelievers through friendship and conversation. You know, guys, it's been said that people don't care about what you think until you show them how they feel. Uh, how you feel about them, that you love them. And so the idea is is that we need to truly show love and friendship. As a coach, and I'm trying to help believers know how to be able to get to know unbelievers, I feel like there's a stuck place, as if where people are literally sitting there like, I don't know what I should do in order to, to meet and get to know unbelievers. It's like, well, just think about it this way. You're trying to become friends with them. And I think that's a a mental twist that we've gotten away from because it's like we've been told we can't be friends with unbelievers. We can only minister to unbelievers. And so we start getting to this place where we don't know how to be able to show love and right. this kind of you know consistent safe space concern for them. It's like, look, no, 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 it's not that complicated. Treat them as if you were trying to become friends with them and that they're a friend of yours. So Listen to what's important to them. Show interest in their interest and problems. Do what you can do to help them. Uh, you spend time with them. Right. Yeah, we have to be around people who don't know Jesus or we're not going to be able to help people find yeah, Jesus. Gonna really I mean, <laughs> it's going to be really hard. It's going to so be really hard. So sp- spend time around them and look at all, and we talked about this before, but the different spheres of society, you know, government, art, you know, all of those places. Who do you know in those places? Are you going into those spaces? Are you engaging them in the four areas of engagement in those spaces, whether that's your hobbies or volunteering or life rhythm or your job? You know, so be in those spaces with with the people so that you can create those safe spaces. If you're not spending time in those places, you're not going to be able to be a safe space. And in our uh, previous podcast, you can find on patreon.com or really probably any other platform, iTunes and all that, the podcast being intentional about building relationships with unbelievers go into a lot of those things that Paul was talking about when it comes to uh, the possibilities and ways of people engaging with them. But it really comes down to the idea of people really need to to be able to feel like they trust you. And part of Mm -hmm. that is that they really need to feel like you're actually interested in them as a person, that you're not a, that they're not a project that, you know, they're not just some one off conversation that you had with them to put a little check on your spiritual notebook to say that you talked to somebody about Jesus. And so they, they want to know that and before that they're willing to talk about those things. So, which is fair, which is completely fair. We have yeah. to be empathetic to these people and realize that they deserve to know uh, that people really care and that they can have people in their lives that love God and love them and are willing to ha- to create the spa- safe spaces. Yeah. So like to sum that up, you just have to, you've got to show love and friendship. Listen to what's important. 
Show interest in their interests and problems. Do what you can to help when you can. If you hear something that somebody, you know, even a reference, like somebody could say, my grandma's coming into town. I don't know what to do with her. You could sit there and say, oh, I was reading in the newspaper this morning or I was reading online this morning that this thing came into town. Is that something your grandma liked? So even that little bitty byplay right there that could help them move forward with their grandma could be something really important. And I think that that leads into our next one is, is that you have to be able to create an environment or a space where there can be open conversation, not just about what to do with grandma on the weekend, but also talking about, you know, your life and being vulnerable there, being willing to, to talk about what God is doing in your life in the moment too. So, so really when it comes to open conversation, you know, uh, first off, spending time with people doesn't mean you always talk to them. So you want to make sure that you actually are having the space and ability to actually talk with people, you know, as you go on and about. But again, this is very different than, you know, a lot of the type of evangelism techniques. They're all about trying to have hook questions and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, try to, to basically make little sermons out of what you try to talk to people. So really what it is, is that you're looking for authenticity in these conversations you're looking you're trying to put transparency and vulnerability into this to where you're able to say and open up and say things like yeah this is this is what i'm dealing with this is what i'm going through in my life and and admitting what i'm not doing well and yeah and then uh and, and i'm not saying that you you know this is the time in which you grouse and you you right. know let all the ugly hang, hang out terribly but however, not hiding what you're doing with, not faking good as what, you know, David Watson sometimes says, you know, we, we need to, to make sure that people know that we're not trying to put on a perfect facade. Yeah, I remember, I, I particularly remember a day when uh, I had been cultivating a relationship with a coffee shop owner locally, gotten to know him pretty well and stuff like that. And, and that moment, that morning I got up and I found out that a family member had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, I was not doing well that day. And so I happened to be out and I went in to get a coffee and the guy looked at me and said, how are you doing? So I could have just been like, oh, I'm doing fine and just gone on. But I knew the guy a little bit and everything. And, and I felt like he was genuinely asking the question. I just said, you know, I'm really not doing well today. I just found out this news and I'm struggling. I'm going to be okay, but I'm just struggling. Right. And he just, it just, that vulnerability all of a sudden took our relationship to a whole new level mm-hmm. because I was vulnerable with him. I showed him something. I still was positive. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But by being vulnerable that way, then later on when some an event came up with his life, he knew that I was a safe space for him to also be vulnerable. And we were able to have a great relationship and he ended up coming to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And Another point in this is that we're we're wanting to to normalize talking about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. We're wanting to do that, and so part of that is is that we don't censor ourselves too much. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't mean say weird jargony Christian language that we've come up with. Right. Like we're we're gonna I'm gonna hope for a hedge of protection around something. You know, people are not gonna know what we're talking about. But it, what I mean is is that if we would normally say, oh well thanks God, that was awesome. Or I really am thankful that God did this. Or I just, uh, you know, when I was thinking about that, I remember about this part of the Bible that says whatever, and that's what, and so therefore I think I should do this. 
And, you know, those are little things that we would say just around other believers and stuff that we censor ourselves without even realizing it when we're around unbelievers. So let's not censor ourselves so closely. Let's let ourselves say those things and normalize talking about spiritual things around other people. And it gives an invitation for them to to do that too because normally people only bring the spiritual things up a lot of times if they're at all nervous about it, it's because they're about ready to preach to somebody. And so mm. if they see over time that you just say those things and you're not expecting them to do anything necessarily in response, it suddenly normalizes and make them realize, okay, this is safe, this is cool. They're not about ready to launch into a five-point sermon at me. All right, this is, uh, I gotcha. And now it starts to become something as a part of everyday conversation. Yeah, and I think a big part of that too is to not be super aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one is that a lot of people, you know, they see everyone as a moving target or project, and they've got to hijack every conversation and turn it to God and and those kind of things. And so they are, they come across as super super aggressive in in the way that they approach people. Or they're um, I remember being in college and there would be Christians in class and and I used to call them firecracker Christians because they would look for the slightest thing and then they would pop off with like the Christian saying and and, re- and almost get into an argument with the entire class over it and because they were just super super aggressive in in all of that and so we got to be careful to not have that and to just you know deal with people like we would normal life chill relaxed and a safe space. I want you to imagine like you're trying to encourage little birds to eat seed out of your hand. You know? <laughs> Not that it, and you wouldn't try to throw the seed at them. You wouldn't try to grab a bird and shove it into your hand. You know, these would either kill the bird or definitely make sure that it would not happen. So <laughs> Right. And want, not for you, but for everyone else too. <laughs> yeah. So we want to, in the way that we converse with people, have this open, safe, entreating, winsome, invitational way about talking about with God and everything that it should calm down everybody's defenses and 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 be open and anybody would want to be open to talking about God with you. So that leads us to the last point, which is it needs to lead somewhere. This is something that, again, is very different from what we usually call relationship evangelism. Is the fact that, you know, relational evangelism basically says that, you know, you're just a nice guy for forever and a long time. And then someday somebody's going to want to suddenly come to know Jesus because you were a nice guy to them for a long time. Right. That's very different than discovery, uh, disciple making, you know, we still are doing things in such a way that would lead a person into actually wanting to discover God through the Bible. And we do this by being consistent in building relationships and having conversations with the same person frequently over time or the same people, Mm -hmm. you know, frequently over time, because people trust people who are available consistently Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I know that if, if my neighbor comes over and talks to me every week or every other week, that I know they're interested in me and I know that they, I can trust them. They're there that when I, you know, they're there for when I talk to them. And if I need something, I probably know I can go to them because they come and talk to me every week and or every other week. 
But if I only talk to a neighbor, even if it were to, even if it were every other month, then I'd just be like, no, I don't know if I can really trust them. Like I, I don't really know them. I don't, you know, and I don't really, they're really not interested in having a relationship with me or anything like that. So people come to trust people who consistently invest in them, who consistently are available to them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that's, that's super important that, that, that consistently in, interested in other people is there, which also means that, uh, that when we find those people to engage, that we're there on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've got a, so if you, if you go into a coffee shop and it's a local mom and pop shop and uh, they start to talk to you, then you probably need to come back to that coffee shop at least every other day at least two or three times a week in order to be able to build relationships. So you've got to be, or at least you've got once to be a con- week. <laughs> minimum. Yeah. Once a week, even if it was the same day, like every Saturday morning, you went and got a coffee and read the paper or, or read or surfed the internet, whatever you wanted to do that you do that. And, and part of that consistency and engagement is once again, not being too aggressive, which means don't move too quickly. Don't assume that people have every always interested in everything you have to say, just go in, be friendly Give the com- be conversational and see where things are. This is something that again is a little bit of a misnomer is that we think that if people are interested in spiritual things, that means they will talk about it with you immediately or want to know to talk about it with you immediately. I mean, honestly, you know, as a normal person, again, not as a follower of Christ who has been beaten into them that they really need to go out there and talk to people about spiritual things. As a normal person, I wouldn't want to talk to other people about spiritual things right off the bat. Like I would want to, to really get to know that person. So we don't want to, so we want to realize that it's going to take time a lot of times for people to warm up into having spiritual conversations. Now, sometimes they don't, sometimes people are super open and willing and available to do so. But that's what, that's, this is one of the main reasons why we don't see more discovery Bible studies formed, whether it's the U.S. or the world, is that we too quickly assume that people don't want to know spirit to talk about spiritual things because we talked to them once or twice and they didn't do it. So, so, and also, and so a lot of our engagements are based upon these one or a few off, you know, interactions and then boom, we're off to the next person or we just, okay, we engage somebody and then two to three months later, we might talk to them again. And it's just not consistent enough to really, to be able to get to that place of having comfortable, safe, convert deep conversations and so usually when as I'm coaching I, I tell people is like you really need to be at least engaging a person every other week to even just have any basic forward progress in a relationship and really if you think that things are going well you really it needs to be more often it needs to be at least every week or maybe multiple times a week in order to really make that progress And so, you know, Paul and I have been, and again, this is a lot of times connected in our problems and our thinking, not only in our understanding of, you know, how people get interested in spiritual things and stuff, but also in disciple making when it comes to the person of peace, the teachings surrounding the person of peace is that we, we think because that the, since we need to find persons of peace, that all persons of peace are basically, we're going to barely say something about God. And then they're going to like grab our lapels and say, yes, please tell me about God right now. You know, right. and, and they're going to immediately respond positively and enthusiastically. 
when the reality is, is that, you know, they, it may take time again for them to see that you're a safe space or they're the type of person that they can trust to be, um, uh, a valid source of someone to talk with these kind of subjects with. Yeah, I grew up in closed countries and uh, where, you know, the people talking to you to the wrong person could get them or their family hurt or arrested or killed. And so people were really slow about that. And you might say that, what does that matter if we're in a Western society? Guys, it it's starting to really matter. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be alarmist or anything like that. But you could say the wrong thing and it, it can end relationships. And people are really afraid of that. Or you could say the get wrong thing and up. it can end it could end a job. It could get them beaten up. It could get them labeled in a way that uh, and get them to be labeled in a way where they don't want to have this kind of label. It's a negative thing that could follow them for a very long time. So, uh, you know, that's that's really, really hard. And you've got to realize and be sensitive to the fact that that's happening. And it might take them a little bit to come out of their shell and to talk to you about the things that are important to them. So being that safe space, being consistent in their environment, doing all the spiritual warfare ahead of time, all of that kind of stuff is really important if they're going to emerge. And finally, when it comes to doing this intentionally, that we're actually leads to somewhere. Again, uh, because we know where we're wanting to lead, we're wanting to lead them to the Bible. Mm. We're wanting to lead them to a discovery process through discovery Bible study in the Bible. So we don't have to, in our conversations, get them you know, praying and kneeling and repenting of their sins immediately. We just want to get them interested in the Bible, interested in God, enough to be able to explore and to read it. And so that's why you know, Paul came up with the, uh, the conversation quadrants. And basically, it's a tool that help, helps us be able to keep track of our conversations from casual conversations to meaningful ones, to spiritual ones, to ones that are discovery. In other words, where we're talking about stories of the Bible. And hopefully through hearing these stories of the Bible in deep, meaningful conversations, they'll come to want to read the Bible for themselves. And so, you know, we have a video about it. It's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Disciples. And also, it's on, uh, we have a podcast about it called Conversation Quadrants that talk about it. But basically, we, we sit there and we pray for these type of things to open up, these type of conversations to open up and take those doors as they come. Yeah, yeah. And that keeps us from being aggressive and everything. So just even even as we're thinking about creating these safe spaces, you know, we create space to help people uh you know, reveal that they're looking for God and and want to indicate that they want to go on that journey. But we also create that safe space within the Discovery Bible study itself. Okay, we we are consistent in the Bible study. We we do it on a regular basis because that way people don't get far behind. They don't forget things. They don't worry about not knowing what's going to happen next. We do all that thing. We create that safe env- environment so that they can explore God and what the Bible says them for themselves, and and they can learn how to have a relationship with Him. And and we rely upon the Holy Spirit to be the primary mm-hmm. drawer during that time. So really the discovery Bible study is a process itself that is built on these consistent safe environments and that, you know, it takes time and dependency in the Holy Spirit to teach and draw and convert. And so all we're here to do is to keep on inviting, keep on showing the next path and the way to be able to do that. 
And so this whole process is one of intention and the one that it gives people the, the, the safe place, the safe space to be able to trust you and to trust God where, enough to be able to discover him. Yeah. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. We're going to be back with our premium content right after the break, where we're going to discuss what to do if people push back on us for being Christian or say something negative, if, if, it's, if it's a rough kind of encounter. You How know? to deal with tough topics. Okay, so you can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or clicking on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com.